Welcome to the In Search of America podcast, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. This is David Robert Farmerie. Hello and welcome back to Stories from the World. This is David Robert Farmerie. I know it's been a while and for that I most sincerely apologize. And I also realize that there have been a couple of opportunities where I've come on to relaunch the podcast series and yes, each time it has not followed through. I don't want to make excuses, but I do want to explain, at least in part, why that has happened and why I am back now. The In Search of America project, where many of the stories have been coming from recently, has gone through major evolutions, and it hasn't changed at the core of what the project was about, which was finding out what America is all about. But the overall concept, the overall outreach of the project, again, has expanded and evolved significantly. In fact, for the foreseeable future at least, all of the podcast episodes moving forward here will be from the In Search of America project. And again, that project has evolved. You know, what started out as me traveling around the United States to find out what Americans are truly about, I did that. And we've talked about that. And I've shared those stories, so many of those stories. Up until now, the stories that I've told have either been about my experiences traveling around the United States searching for the answer and or stories of people that I met along the way. Now, however, as the In Search of America project continues to evolve and expand, I want this podcast series to reflect those evolutionary changes. And as the project itself digs deeper into America, I want the stories that I relay here in the podcast series to dig deeper, to be more informative for you, the listener. And so, with today's inaugural return podcast episode, I bring you the importance of tribes. When most people think of tribes, they tend to think of it in terms of American natives or those who live in the remote locations hidden deep within the Amazon, but in reality, we all live among tribes. And in many instances, we live among multiple tribes simultaneously. Just think about it. Sports teams, churches, social organizations, politics, and so on are all forms of a tribe. Over the past couple of decades, many of us have entered into what I refer to as micro-tribes. These tribes have been sparked into existence by the social media platforms beginning as far back as the inception of the internet and AOL, which for those of you that weren't around then means or stands for America Online. In fact, it was when MySpace entered the picture that we were first introduced to blogging. It was also the first time that we had the ability to build a community, a tribe, if you will, comprised of people from all over the world. During these early years, the tribes were much more generic than they are today, much like the more modern-day communities that are comprised of people with varying interests and backgrounds that find commonalities with one another. As time moved forward, however, as well as the evolution of the social media platforms, i.e. Facebook, which was introduced in February of 2004, these communities began to evolve into tribes where people came together with more specific commonalities, initially family 
friends as in actual friends, and acquaintances. Then in late 2010, we saw the introduction of Instagram, which grew to 1 million users in the first year. And by mid-2018, Instagram had 1 billion users. Through the evolution of the social media platforms, people began migrating into the micro-tribes that I spoke of earlier. Because of the worldwide connectivity of these platforms, as well as the huge number of users, people were able to narrow their tribes to very specific criteria. As an example, now it was no longer just being part of, say, a political party, but rather specific ideologies within a specific political party. And eventually, these ideologies became even more specific, hence the term micro-tribalism. Let's say that I like A and I like B, but I don't like C. If you are in full agreement, then you can be part of my tribe. However, if you like A and don't like C, but you are ambivalent regarding B, then you cannot be part of my tribe. What I have discovered through hundreds of conversations while on the road with the In Search of America project is that this micro-tribalism was born out of a seemingly ever-increasing fear among members of society. And as fear increases, the desperation to find a refuge of safety becomes more and more imperative. After all, this is why tribes were created in the first place, to provide safety from outside threats, such as wild animals that found you as their prey, or territorialism from others encroaching on your hunting grounds. But tribes also provided community cooperation for hunting and, eventually, agriculture. It all boiled down to the same thing that it does today, safety in numbers. The issue now, especially with micro-tribalism, is that such narrow focus blinds us to the possibilities that may actually help in relieving our fears, such as learning the truth about something as opposed to believing in the propagandas that are perpetuated by those who benefit from us being in such deep fear. The other dangerous pitfall that I find with micro-tribes is that they actually perpetuate the fear that they are seeking refuge from. Think about this for a moment. Have you ever experienced a situation where the reasoning behind it was very ambiguous? It could have been this, it could have been this, it could have been this. And you have no way of knowing, so then you ruminate about it. And after you've ruminated over it for 10 minutes or an hour or a day or a week or a month, all of a sudden, you find that you have created this incredible drama. You have created this incredible story about what happened and why it happened. And more times than not, the story that you have created is completely baseless. That's what happens within micro-tribes. Tribes, however, can be of great benefit to us and for reasons other than just feeling safe. As an example, I look at the artist salon that Gertrude Stein had each week at her apartment in Paris in the early 1900s. People, mostly artists, would gather each week to socialize, to discuss art and life in general. Out of this salon emerged the artists that we now revere for their works, Matisse, Picasso, Hemingway, Sinclair Lewis, Ezra Pound, and so on. 
In the 1940s and the 1950s, another tribe of artists emerged, this time in the United States. They became known as the Beat Poets. They began to organize as a movement in the 1940s, but then more formally came together in the 1950s in the Bay Area of San Francisco. Their gathering place was at the City Lights bookstore owned by Lawrence Farlinghetti, who was a publisher at the time. But out of this tribe came writers and poets such as Bob Donlin, Neil Cassidy, Allen Ginsberg, and Robert Levine. Modern-day tribes provide more than just a perceived security. They can also provide nurturing and mentoring. Most of all, modern-day tribes provide a synergy regardless of what the tribe is based around, art, politics, gardening, food, etc. When two or more people come together under a common mind, a synergy is created that becomes more powerful than any one individual. Also, as part of a tribe, one has a community of like-minded individuals to contemplate with, explore ideas and thoughts with, in a trusted, safe environment. It's important to understand, however, that being like-minded does not mean that each person is the same as the other or is always in agreement with other members of the tribe. Being like-minded refers to having core beliefs in something. The danger, however, which is what I see so much of now with microtribalism, is that people seek out others who not only share core beliefs, but they also seek out and even demand that each member of the tribe thinks the same as them. When we lose the diversity of thoughts, visions, and ideas, we lose the ability to see the full picture. I am reminded of something that former Tennessee Senator Howard Baker Jr. had said, and I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but essentially he said that partisanship is about drafting new ideas and policies, and bipartisanship is about flushing out all of the details to make sure nothing was missed. If we only look at situations with our own myopic vision, we will never be able to see the entirety of anything. In micro-tribes, we cannot see the forest through the trees, nor can we see anything but the trees, including obstacles, pitfalls, or optional and quite possibly better pathways. Many years ago, I was part of a group of eight photographers who created a salon, a photographic salon. Our purpose was to create a group of like-minded individuals, all with an expertise as well as a deep passion for photography. Each of us were well-accomplished photographers, but each from a different discipline of photography. And it was from this diversity of disciplines, differences in how we engaged in photography, that each of us grew significantly within our own disciplines. I will leave you with this. Keep in mind that a great soup is made up of more than just one ingredient. The richest flavors come from the synergy of many ingredients melding their individual influences or flavors together. Here is my analogy that I will leave you with today. When we are born, we are like a cauldron of water simmering over a low fire. With each experience, be it good or not so good, it becomes an ingredient for the soup that we call life. 
At the end of our lives, it is this soup that we leave behind for others to dine on. What kind of soup will you leave behind? One that will be full of the most amazing flavors that enrich the hearts and souls of those consuming it? Or one that will be rancid or simply have no flavor at all? The choice is yours. Greetings, it's me again. I always appreciate hearing your feedback and your insights, so please feel free to email me anytime regarding any of the episodes. You can find an email link on my website at www.davidfarmerie.com. I wanted to let you know also that you can tune in each week on the Fireside app for my live broadcast, In Search of America Project on Fireside. You can also catch the recorded playbacks for episodes that you have missed. The link to the Fireside app is in the episode notes. And one final thing, if you would be so kind, check out my YouTube channel as well. And again, the link is in the notes. And as always, I most sincerely thank you for allowing me to share with you another episode from the In Search of America podcast series. This is David Robert Farmery signing off.